Spread Those Pages podcast is not intended for individuals under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Courtney. And I'm Meg. And we're the hosts of the Spread Those Pages podcast, a romance lovers podcast where we like our books how we like our coffee. Hot. So sit back, grab your vibrator, and spread those pages. Hey, you badass book bitches. Guess who's back again for another episode of Spread Those Pages podcast? It's me. I'm Courtney, also known as Lyra Parrish, and I'm here with my friend, Meg Latour. And today we're going to talk about These Hollow Vows by Lexi Ryan. I am super pumped to be talking about this book. Um, I Truthfully, I did listen to it, I think, a few weeks ago. But oh my gosh, I have never <laughs> listened to an audiobook so fast in my whole life. <laughs> uh, did you listen to it in regular speed, though? I think, what is it, 1.2? Like, you convinced me, you know, the merits of listening to it a little faster, but I can't go much faster than that. My brain can't keep up. What was your pace? Two? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Was it two speed? Oh, was it two X? Well, no. Okay. So I started I started at 1.7. Oh and then once I was really into it and understood who the characters were, it was a 2.0. Damn. I don't know how you do it. They, they just, I just... My brain can't process information that quickly. <laughs> Will Will was like, girl, you're really speeding through it now, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am. I have to get to the end. I have an hour and a half left, which is really like, you know, three hours in regular speed. Dang. No, knocked it down to an hour and a half. <laughs> For our episode that we recorded in New York, I think you accidentally clicked play on your audiobook and it was like this like mousy gibberish going da -da 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 -da, like super, super fast. Oh. In the oh my end, God. the truth is we have no options. This what is how fast I listen to audiobooks. Oh my God. Where okay. is the pleasure in that? It's amazing though, because <laughs> listen, I listen to YouTube videos in the same speed. People <gasps> talk way too slow for me. I'm like, you need to hurry up. I need the information. I need the story. I need it right now. Your girl ain't got time to listen to you <laughs> talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that does explain our friendship. I've been told my whole life that I talk way too fast. So, you know, maybe that's why. <laughs> Exactly. I think your talking speed is perfect. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I remember um, unrelated to absolutely anything. Um, so I work in the corporate world and one of the trade shows that I had gone to, granted that morning I had like I'd started on my energy drink for the day because trade shows are fucking exhausting. <laughs> and I walk onto the trade show and I think I was interacting with like one of the salespeople and they're like, dude, you go way too fast. And I'm like, I don't I think this is a regular face. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's this episode of Futurama where Fry drinks a hundred cup of coffee, cups of coffee, <laughs> and he like zooms around this like burning house and saves like 50 people inside of it. And I'm like, that is life when you drink some energy drinks in the morning. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm -hmm. else is normal speed and you're like 2x. Yeah, everyone's moving too slow at that point. But I mean... <laughs> I did feel like I was regular that day, but maybe not. Anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> that is funny. Um, so these hollow vows, Lexi Ryan, it is a duology romance book, ends in a cliffhanger. Dun dun dun. We love that here. I love a good cliffhanger, not gonna lie. I'm sure we're gonna get more into it later, but um it I had the best time reading this book and I want to read book two. And like <laughs> that's even cliffhanger aside. And you know, I think in one of our previous discussions we had talked about should authors have cliffhangers and is that an okay thing? 
Um, but perhaps before we get into all of that, uh, depending on when I edit and post this podcast, number one, if it is still June, happy Pride Month, everyone. Woo-hoo. And number two, uh, Courtney has a book coming out this month. Courtney, can you share a little bit about your wonderful book coming out? Oh, yes. Uh, I have a book that is a small town, Enemies to Lovers Romance. The title is Bless Your Heart, and it releases on June 13th. It is a standalone with a happily ever after. Lots of banter, lots of small town drama. It will be available on all platforms. It is being turned into an audiobook very soon and will be translated in German, Italian, and French. So keep your eyes out for that. Yay. I'm so happy for you. Um, Yeah. So all of our listeners, if that sounds like your cup of tea, definitely go check out Courtney's book. I have read other of her novels, always well-written, always a good time. And I feel like your books are always an easy read. My eyes go in and they go, ah, yes. Easy (laughs) read, fun read sort of a thing. So um, love it. It's a feel good. It's a total feel good read. I feel like when the world is shit, People want to read stuff that they can just escape it. And that's what I like to write, too. So, yeah, it's going to be feel good. It's going to be great. Let's resume with the discussion for this particular book, which is These Hollow Vows. Yeah. I think if you're up for it, I will read the book description and then we can talk about our non-spoilery thoughts, spoilery thoughts, and then um, how we'd rate the book. Sure. That would be great. Also, I never read the... uh the blurb of it so this will be new for me i went into it completely blind so you're just like yes i receive i receive your recommendation Meg. i'm going to read it have no idea what it's about seriously oh my goodness that's typically how i do all of them i'm like you want to read it i like the cover the reviews look great let's go that is hysterical okay we do not operate the same all right here we go cruel prince meets a court of thorns and roses in this sexy action-packed fantasy about a girl who is caught between two treacherous fairy courts and their dangerously seductive princes brie hates the fae and refuses to have anything to do with them even if that means starving on the street but when her sister is sold to the sadistic king of the unseelie court to pay a debt she'll do whatever it takes to get her back including making a deal with the king himself to steal three magical relics from the seelie court gaining unfettered access to the seelie court is easier said than done brie's only choice is to pose as a potential bride for prince ronan and she soon finds herself falling for him Unwilling to let her heart distract her, she accepts help from a band of unseelie misfits with their own secret agenda. As Bree spends time with their mysterious leader, Finn, she struggles to resist his seductive charm. Caught between two dangerous courts, Bree must decide who to trust with her loyalty and with her heart. And if I recall correctly, I think this book was pitched to me like when I had first heard about it as like Bachelor meets... Shoot, what was the second one? Do you remember the second comp? Was it Hunger Games? Yeah, it was Bachelor meets Hunger Games yeah, or something like that's, that. That's what I read. And I was like, yep, I want this book. <laughs> that's all it took was that log line right there. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's true, right? I, I enjoy that, um, the trope of, you know, us all trying to, the Bachelor trope, if you will, trying to get the affection of the one candidate or whatever. There was... um. What's that book series that has, um, I mean, this is the most generic description ever, but it's like young women in big frilly dresses kind of like looking, and it's it's the, the Bachelorette theme. It's a, a, a YA 
fantasy uh, sort of thing. Shoot. I see the girl in the blue dress. Right? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, man. Yes. I know exactly. That series was huge. I never read it, though, because that was when I was moving out of my young adult fantasy phase. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. I think I read most of them, if not all of that series. I think it's in my audiobooks. I feel like when some selection. The Selection, yes. The Selection by Kira Cass. That was good. I had a good time with it. It was like that that book, but I'd say grown up there, you know, since there were some sex scenes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. So non-spoilery thoughts. Um, as we were describing before, I think the tropes were a lot of fun. So it's got the Bachelorette thing similar to the Selection um, by Kira Cass, which I personally enjoyed. And I always loved like a treasure hunt more or less. I would say the trope for this is they, they were, you know, she was searching for these three yeah. magical objects while trying to win someone's affection. So I think those tropes together really pulled me in. And I think it delivered really well on those tropes. Poor girl, rich guy is a yes. whole trope. But I did like the opening, non-spoilery. She like is a thief. And so, you know, she like breaks in to this place right in the opening scene. And so I was like intrigued from like the first two pages. I mean, we'll, we'll reveal this later, but I had a really good time. And I and if our readers like these sorts of things with a little bit of steam mixed into there, I would say, is, is talking about the steam level spoilery thoughts? I forget. Do you want to talk about the so. steam level? I don't, I don't think it's spoilery. So what would you rate this out of 10? 10 being the steamiest it could be. I would say it's a 2. Yeah, I'd probably give it like a 3 or 4. Like they had really steamy sex scenes like when they had it, but it wasn't often. Like there's like what, one or two? Yeah, it It wasn't very detailed either. Like it was, you could tell that it was written for a a younger audience. Like Mm -hmm. there was no dicks and cocks. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I guess I forgot about that. They were well-written scenes though. I did enjoy reading them. I would say that it was on the lower level. Like it's for a older audience, but not a mature audience. So then maybe if you're into like the hardcore sex on the page stuff um i'm thinking like katie roberts book that we just read that was mostly sex this probably wouldn't be for you you probably want like a lot of adventure with a little bit of sex and then this is the book for you yes and i don't know if this is a spoiler or not but this was not a virgin heroine book yay (laughs) we did it we finally found one oh that's too funny i did appreciate that and i yeah I won't, I won't go into it just yet. Thank goodness. Shall we uh, move on to spoilers and just put it all out there? Let's do it. Absolutely. Uh, listeners and watchers, if you're watching this, this is the point where if you have not read this book and you do not like spoilers, you stop this podcast, you go and download it in ebook, paperback, you buy it, you get it in audio, whatever, whichever way you love to read, and you read the book, and then you come back and enjoy the rest of this episode. Let's start off with who the characters are. We have Abriella, who's the main character, her sister, Jazeline, if I'm saying that right, Jazz, I think is what they call her. Mm-hmm. Um, the Prince of the Fae, Sebastian is what she called him in the human realm and also, I guess, in the Fae realm, um, who's also Prince Ronan. Finn is the Unseelie Prince, uh, you know, the leader of the Band of Misfits. And I also wrote down Cain, Pritha, and Tienan. Um, 
that Madame V was the evil aunt. You had two cousins, which is a little bit like a Cinderella thing at yes. the beginning. So I think that's it for the characters that I'll go off so far. But yeah, the story starts with Abriella living with her sister in the basement of her aunt's house, Madame V. She's got two evil cousins and they wanted to go to a ball and all these different things. <laughs> I guess in the beginning, as you described before, she stole some stuff because they're trying to pay off a debt to their aunt. Then her friend was in, you know, dire straits. She gave what she had stolen to her friend, which meant she couldn't pay off the debt. And then essentially the sister was sold to the unseelie king, which is the inciting incident, shall we say? Then our leading lady, what, what did they call her as a nickname? I forget. I wrote down Abriella. She decides that when her sister gets stolen, she's going to go to the Fey realm and save her sister. The thing is, is that she has been conditioned as a child to hate the Fey by her mother. Mm -hmm. And that's a big point for her is like, do not trust them. <laughs> do not trust the Fey with the silver eyes, you know? And so she's... She's been told this all of her life. So she's like a big time hater. And so she goes into this realm. She talks with the Unseelie King and she makes a deal with them to steal these three artifacts. And he is a total asshole. And he's like, oh, well, I'm only going to tell you one at a time. And yeah. Yeah. And you can't see your sister before you make this deal. Ha ha ha. And you can't tell the Sebastian about the deal or the deal is off. Like there's all yeah. these stipulations that go along with this. She goes on an adventure, essentially. I would say just to add a little bit um, before that, she when her sister is is kidnapped she knew sebastian as a human she thought he was like a mage's apprentice or something yeah. and was like learning magic and so he's like i'm so sorry i'm gonna have to leave but i'll come back for you and we're gonna rescue your sister blah 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 and so then she takes matters into her own hands i think it was a goblin a goblin uh that the the house goblin of um aunt yeah. v or whatever yeah was it a goblin or was it a different type of magical creature? I am blanking. I think he was a goblin. I love it when they call when he calls her fire girl. Yes, I love that too. So she gets the house goblin to bring her to a place where or give her information or bring her to a place that she could get to the fairy realm. Um, and then once she's in the fairy realm, she pretends to be interested. Like, I guess there's like a selection process, right? Before you yeah. get to the girls actually courting the prince. And she sneaks around the castle to try and find some wardrobe or some shit. And then she falls. Through. But in the process of trying to find it, she encounters some weird man that is like, what are you up to? Let me help you. And she's like, go away. I don't, you know, kind of like energy. And so that person ends up being Finn, who is the unseelie prince who is. I don't know, trying to escape the evil unseelie king who stole his throne, his father's throne. I forget, yeah. but who's like, he's sort of like the rightful ruler. But yeah, he's like in hiding. And so he happened to encounter Abriella at the castle. So that was how she first interact with the unseelie prince who's in, he's in hiding. Sebastian finds her and then eventually reveals that he's a fae. She freaks out, runs away encounter some magical beasts and then Sebastian finds her, rescues her, brings her back to the palace. And then she agrees to be part of the, you know, the bachelorette, bachelor, whatever mm -hmm. process, but he kissed her. So it's very obvious that he has like feelings for her and stuff. When she's rescued, essentially, she's like, he saved me. Oh my goodness. And you know, you've got Finn, this like, he's kind of like an anti-hero. He's who I wanted her to be with, honestly. I loved Finn. I was like, Sebastian, eh, you're, 
you're not doing it for me. There's something about you I don't really like. And I don't know. It's it was like my spidey senses when he was around. I was like, he's just too nice. There's something about him. Um, but Finn, I love the anti-hero who is kind of like a dick, but like you can tell that really he kind of cares. Anyway, she has to go between these two princes essentially and she's playing everybody because her main goal is to save her sister you know so she does tell sebastian sure i'll be on your court or whatever he chooses like 12 girls i think it is at the beginning and she's one of 12 uh, she uses magic in the castle which i really enjoyed the magical element like she can do things with darkness and so she can like hide in shadow she can slip through walls and that really helped her to be a thief in the human realm um i i loved that element of the story i was like ah the magic it's so yeah magical. it made me think i don't know if you ever read Nevernight. on um, the magic system and that was pretty similar where it was like a manipulation of shadows essentially so it did make me think of that and i'm obsessed with Nevernight. but regardless i did really appreciate that magic and how it like came alive when she was in the fey realm like it yeah. was and also perhaps we should mention it's unusual slash um almost unheard of for humans to have magic so someone who was a fae would have had to give her their magic in order for her as a human to have that magic. The whole time I was like, she's not really human. I was like, you're telling me she's human, but she's not really human. But then I was like, mm, that's not the right plot point. So when we got to the end, which we won't, I, I won't spoil it yet. We will spoil, spoil it though. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense now. But the whole time reading it, I was like, she's not really human. Also, why can't her sister do stuff like this? You know, I had so many questions going. I was like, okay, something's not right here. But like during the adventure, I was like, I accept that she has some special powers and I can live with that for now. But I do expect an explanation later. Yeah. So here is a question that maybe you can answer for me because you read the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is Sebastian and Finn brothers? Half-brothers? I got so confused by that big reveal at the end. Okay, so one of my problems as a human and as a reader is when they do that big reveal at the end where they connect 12,000 points, I catch about three of them. That's okay. about it. So I, I know that – okay, we're going to spoil it. So I know that Sebastian is both unseely and seely. Yes. And I know that Finn is just unseely. Yes. So in some capacity, they have to be related because they're all vaguely related to the royal family. They both have – well, they must be related, right? Because at the very end, when, when the things happen, Sebastian becomes the ruler of both courts. Exactly. So then they would have to be related. I'm sorry, readers, if you've read this and you know more than I do, but I, I'm they have to be. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because remember there was this big like backstory about how his mother had fallen in love with the unseely king, but then he had this human lover and they just couldn't be together, which you find out later on is um, her mother. Um, yes. And so I was like, oh, so that means that Finn and Sebastian are actually half brothers they had different moms is what i'm mm. thinking and i was like maybe that's the reason why he felt like he 
couldn't kill him but then there's also this role where like the unseelie can't hurt the seelie or flip-flop or oh okay so i do know that sebastian's mom did something to curse the whole land and a bunch mm-hmm. of shit and i should have written this down so i'm so sorry to our readers if this sounds very garbled <laughs> but um i think they couldn't attack each other directly as part yeah. of this curse thing and it was like tied to the mother's lifeline in some capacity yeah so i'm pretty sure that they are related what abriella did broke that that curse that she had laid over the land right and put everything back in balance ish i was just a tad confused but it was probably because i was listening to it in like 40 million speed <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think that they are half-brothers. They they have to be because of the whole, like, Unseelie King thing and her. Mm. And his mom is, I do not like her. And I feel no. like in book two, I probably will be like, oh, she's redeemable. I probably should have liked her because really what she did was, you know, there was something from the war, right? Yeah, a worthy cause for her to be like this. But yeah, um, I loved the side characters. Like I loved Finn and his little gang. I mm-hmm. loved learning more about the magical realm and like the different roles. And there was this one role where the Seelie and Unseelie could not discuss specific things. Like the yeah. curse would not allow them to talk about it. And so Ariella would, she had this bracelet that she would wear that the goblin gave her. And if she snapped one of the strings, the goblin like loved her hair. And so she would have to exchange like a lock of her hair. I loved that. You know, she would ask this goblin all these questions and he would give her like roundabout answers like they weren't always straightforward i was like man this girl's gonna be shaving her whole head off to get all these answers (laughs) you almost want to be like you know like what is it partition like go slowly lady cut little pieces off and give you know (laughs) so you have enough to get all your answers i did appreciate that as a trope like having like that secret third party or whatever that you can yeah. ask questions about to get information because I feel like I forget what the trope is actually called because this was a thing in um, A Court of Thorns and Roses which will be mentioned at least once per episode it is tradition <laughs> um, but same thing that they couldn't mention what was happening and so she had to find out through other means so anyways both stories had that but perhaps we should mention which I don't think we've maybe we have out I mentioned it is that the love triangle right between these, yeah. these two brothers so it's it's Abriella and then these two possible brothers, possibly somehow related Faye uh-huh. and unseely Seely humans. Um, and so she's into both of them. But I do agree with what you said before about her and Finn. I feel like in book two, and here's my prediction, is that they're going to be a thing because of what happens at the end of book one. But I had felt like the author was leading us towards Finn yeah. and that um, Sebastian was the too nice, too good to be true. What's where? When is that second shoe going to drop and we're going to see his real personality? sort of energy and we did at the end but I feel like now that I know what I know about his character and I suppose sorry to tease you listeners we'll get to that in a second he played the long game with her so he went to the human realm found her as soon as that veil thing lifted where where she couldn't be found and like befriended her was nice with her sister brought her to his court and like did this very slow courtship thing he played the long game like I could not believe like that level of manipulation yeah I mean years and she was in love with him like it and he knew she hated the fae when he revealed who he was I was like "Mm, 
I don't really like you anymore. The total long game. Oh, God. The end. Oh, my God. Should we just get to it? Let's just spit it out. We, we have yeah. to talk about it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So essentially, a lot of shit goes down. She rescues her sister. You know, like in, in Faye books, another trope is like to make sure you're very specific with your words, especially when making deals, because you can manipulate that to get what you want um, to best the other person. So she bests on Celia King. She gets her sister back to the human realm where a doctor is. And then she goes and like talks with Sebastian and he reveals all these gnarly things, but she eventually agrees to marry him. And I guess the crown exists somewhere inside of her. So it was her mother was in love with the former unsilly King and, um, the daughter was caught in a fire. And, um, in order to save her, he basically gave her his life force for lack of a better phrasing, gave her his magic as part of that process and then put the crown I guess which is some also life force thing Mm -hmm. into her so people don't have the crown to the unsilly court without making this magical bond with um, Abriella and so once Abriella learns all of this information she's like Sebastian you're so good Um, I'm gonna make this bond with you so you can have the crown but supposedly if she marries a Seely, um, she could still remain human, but still give him access to the crown, and then it would help the Fey Kingdom. Um, but if he's unsealy, then she would have to become a Fey, and she does not want to become a Fey because she's had prejudice against them the whole time for good and bad reasons. And I mean, is there a good reason to have prejudice uh, for, for valid reasons? We'll call it valid reasons. Anyways, so she does marry him and or rather make this bond. She doesn't, excuse me, she doesn't marry him yet. She makes this bond and then she dies. And it looks like he was so prepared to save her. She was like, why does he have that potion or whatever the hell that mm-hmm. she was called? That's yeah. so weird. He shouldn't know that I would have automatically died because, you know, he should have just been sealy, not unsealy. And then she, when she wakes up and she's Faye, the, I don't know, the, the, the maids who were originally disguised as human and actually were Faye revealed like, oh, he's the prince who's going to unite the two kingdoms because he has both sealy and unsealy. And I'm so sorry if you guys can hear that noise coming through. I live next to, um, well, very close to where there's a lot of sirens. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Anyways. <laughs> and so she's like, wait a second. He knew that Forming this bond with me would kill him, but he did it anyway to get the crown. So now he has the crown, which everyone was fighting over. And I think that's the big reveal, right? Like, did I miss any big details? I think you pretty much covered it. There was this whole thing with, like, his mother, like, she had this mirror that she had to find in, like, his in this book. And, like, his mother's life was, like, dependent on, like, this book that they shared between the Seelie and Unseelie that had their magical spells in it or something. When she woke up, she thought his mom was going to be dead, but she was actually alive. And that's because, you know, she basically gave Sebastian her crown, the crown. Like, you have to have the crown to sit on the throne of the Unseelie. And she had that inside of her. And so when they bonded, he took her crown and um, became king of that yeah so we don't know what he's going to do with this power and obviously we all think he's a manipulative douche bucket at this point but she wakes up and then she's like i'm not going to marry him i'm not going to his coronation how dare he and i guess she had like an outburst of magical power or something and then the book ends right about there right oh yeah like she rages out and darkness starts to like cover the place and there's one 
thing though. Um, what is that character's name that's with Finn, the girl who's who's got her her child? I think it's Pretha. Is it Pretha? Pretha, yeah. So Pretha's child is like, I guess what you could say is like she's a seer. Like she yes. can she can see things, and so she visits um Ariella in her dreams and tells her like you're going to die when they have sex her and Sebastian this banshee or something like sits on her chest and it's said that if the banshee sits on your chest you're going to die so you know there it was built up at the end that she was going to die and Pretha's daughter told her the different scenarios like oh you could be a bad queen you could be a good queen um, you know, you could be one of these. So we knew kind of where it was going, but I didn't ever expect for Sebastian to be Seely and Unseely. Like that shook me. And usually I can predict endings of books. I was like, I, I like gasped. I was like, are you kidding me? If I had darkness inside of me, I would have raged out and covered that entire kingdom with shadow, you know? So... Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, this cliffhanger. But and then one of the scenes that I loved the absolute most was at the end when she was recovering after she died and he gave her the life potion, Sebastian. She dreams about Finn and he has visited her in his dreams before. And so they're like under this beautiful like sky with stars. They're talking to one another and at the end of it, she's like, why are you using your power to visit me? And he says, I'm not using my power. You're using yours. And I was like, oh, my God, chills. I love you, Finn. Please, Ariella, please end up with Finn. I hate Sebastian, which I think I'm supposed to. Yeah. Um, but that scene to me was like, oh, she chose the wrong prince. She chose the wrong friends i think i was on the fence i could have gone either way like i, I had a feeling sebastian was going to be the baddie when i was reading yeah. i wanted him to not be the baddie because sometimes i feel like authors in love triangles are like here is my best friend who's been amazing since the beginning but allow me to go fall in love with this like questionable like morally gray other love interest so i was waiting to see if that was a thing or if i felt like he was going to be the person she didn't choose or the baddie okay so maybe let's back up just a teensy bit at some point, it was predicted that one of Finn's followers was going to die. He got trapped in the in um, Sebastian's palace, and then Abriella helps to rescue him with the help of some of Finn's other people. At you know, at the cost of her own safety, gets him out. And then in that process, we've realized that her magic is stronger when she's with Finn, which, oh my gosh, I love that. And I hope they play with that in book two, yes, which same. also kind of leads to that whole sexual tension because we started showing some sexual tension between the two of them. And you're kind of like, mm, I love this. Even your magic loves him. Like, hello. Um, but anyway, so I think at that point, when she risked her own safety and her own goal to save her sister to help Finn and his friends, then Finn, I think, started softening towards her rather than, you know, because I think at some point later, then he goes out of his way to save her, uh, which she probably wouldn't have done if she hadn't shown maybe loyalty, goodness, whatever. Okay, but I was, as you were talking, it came back to me what the Sebastian's mother did to end the war. So one of the consequences was Faye couldn't use their magical power without taking the life of a human. 
And so Finn was never using his magical powers around her. And he was like dying at one point. And some girl was like, I offer myself to you. I remember Abrielle being like, what the hell? You're going to go sleep with her. But actually she was offering her life for Finn to be able to use his magic to heal himself. So I am curious to see now that that is lifted after all the shit that went down in book one, what book two is going to look like when everyone has their magical power. So that could be a lot of fun in book two. Yeah, I hope there's a lot of like action between the two and like just fighting. And there's this part where they talk about these camps where the Fae have these humans like kept and um, I just feel like Abriella is going to start saving people because she was really upset about this. But, you know, that Sebastian's his mother's doing and apparently he doesn't like it or whatever. But then she learns also that Finn isn't all that great either because he has these catacombs or something of all the humans lives that he took to survive because he needs their lifeblood essentially to be able to use his magic and so you know there was a lot of explanation in that i just i really enjoyed the way that she built this magical world and the different elements of it and the roles even though you don't really know all of them at once the way that they were kind of like just given to you at the right time you know, to make other things in the story click. So I wasn't really confused with, oh, they can't do that or what's going on here. Like eventually it was explained where I could understand, you know, and sometimes I feel like when authors are writing in these fantasy realms, they've got ambiguity. Oh my, what is that word? Ambiguity. Thank you. Ambiguity. And so like they know their magical world, but it's not fully explained to the reader. So it's kind of hard to follow. Um, but I didn't feel like this book was like that. Like I got it. And I, it, it, it was like, <gasps> gasp every time something would be re- revealed and be like, oh my God, like this, this unseely prince. <laughs> I agree. I think that the, the author did a really great job of getting us to hate the people we were supposed to hate, to love the people, you know, that, the, that they wanted us to love. And then, you know, to have these big reveals, I think I agree. I was very surprised with most of them, especially at the end. I was like, he didn't, you know, yeah. kind of with like Sebastian at the very end. So I think the writing was excellent. Um, the characters were a lot of fun. I yes. loved most of the tropes that this author used. The only one that I really had the big grievance w- with was the one from the beginning where it was like poor girl, rich guy. But I- it was excellent. Do we actually do we want to jump into how we rate this book? Is there any other spoilery thoughts that we want to discuss? I don't think so. I'm ready to rate it. And now we shall move to our rating portion of today's episode of uh, These Hollow Vows. Courtney, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, So for the first time, drum roll, during (laughs) Spread Those Pages podcast, I would say that this was a five-star read for me. It was a (gasps) win. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And I feel like this is not, not to like steal your thunder, but like, this is like an example of a really great romance that doesn't have to be like super, super steamy on the page. It can be, and that can be a great time. Okay. So I'm the same in that I don't do the five star (laughs) rating, but I think, so here's mine. It was not for me. I liked it. I would recommend it. And then I think I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. These sounds outside. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But mine is I'm obsessed with it. So it's essentially my equivalent of five star. I love this book and I had such a great time with it. And I definitely would recommend it to others. I want it to be a TV show. Like it was, I feel like this would 
translate really well into a TV show as compared to a movie, especially like the very episodic nature of her looking for these magical artifacts. Yeah. It was great. I had a fantastic time with this book. I know. I'm kind of sad. Like everybody was like into this book back in 2021 and I'm always behind a couple of years and I'm like, man, like they were right. <laughs> it was a fantastic read. It was very well put together. The pacing was perfect. The magical system was great. The, the love triangle readers, I don't care what you say. I love a love triangle when it's well written like this because you root for both people at different points, you know, and you know that the leading lady is just in this in a rock and a hard place, you know, like she has a decision to make and it was just really well done. I I really, really enjoyed it. And the cover, like I know that if you're watching us like on YouTube and stuff, um, the cover is down below. Like the cover makes so much sense. Like after I read it, I was like, ah, oh, look, there's Sebastian and there is Finn. And there she is with this magical dagger in her hair, her red hair, fire girl. I loved it. I do too. And I feel like we uh, agreed before we hopped on the recording that we would love to read book two. So viewers, yeah. definitely stay tuned for the episode where we talk about the second book. Yeah, I'm told I've already downloaded it. I did not audiobook cheat on you, Meg. Thank um, it's it's downloaded. I didn't even press play on it because I knew if I did, I would have to come on to our podcast and line and be like, I didn't start. <laughs> And I'm a horribly shamed. <laughs> I'm a horrible liar. So yeah, I, I've downloaded it. I'm I'm ready. Um, apologies, guys. I made Meg wait like three weeks because I had to li or a while. She's like, have you finished this book? Have you started this book? Where are you this book? I need to read the second book right now. And she's been waiting on me this entire time to start the second book. So I think, you know, we should probably start it today. We absolutely should. I <laughs> loved it. And it's not entirely to, uh, you're not entirely to blame, Courtney. I know like our, our month of May were months, months of May, whatever. It was chaos. <laughs> we were busy. Yeah. I can't wait to read the second book, guys. I hope you will read it along with us. So definitely stay tuned for that episode. And I think I have a few other episodes I will be needing to edit and post soon. So stay mm -hmm. tuned for those as well. Yes. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll have a great week. Yeah, and uh, perhaps one more thing to add in our outro. Definitely be sure to contact us at spreadthospages.com if there are certain books that you want us to check out. We are also on Instagram and TikTok, but definitely leave us a rating on all the podcasting platforms. And if you like to watch videos, we are also on YouTube podcasts. You can check out our faces over there, especially the episode that we recorded together in person yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And I uh, will see you again soon. Thanks so much for joining us today, romance lovers. Don't forget that you are the main character of your story. So go out there and spread some pages, live your happily ever after, and keep it spicy. See you all next time.